Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. standing here today thank you for your faithfulness we pray for those that are traveling today and for the holidays and uh, pray for God's protection upon them amen the book of Matthew chapter 14 verses 24 through 33 Four, chapter 14 24 through 33 it reads but the ship I still hear pages, so I'm going to wait just a moment. Give me a chance here. I hear pages turning. Thank the Lord for his word. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous. He was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Amen. Thou art the Son of God. So today I want to preach to you on the subject, where your faith grows, where your faith grows. You may be seated, and can I get someone to reset the computer here? For some reason our computer system, Wi-Fi or whatever it is, is making it a little difficult to keep the signal. Um, I do want to say, coming up here, I believe it's next Sunday, Brother Arnold, is that correct, that we're going to, okay. We have our new microphones, and they have certain frequencies that they uh, work on, and we're going to fine-tune them, uh, I believe, next Sunday in service. So, and we'll talk to you more about it next Sunday, uh, because we want to get them all in sync. Uh, We have six mics plus two lapels that... They're digital, and we've got to get them set right so there's no frequency problems and no distortions or anything. So what we're asking is that uh, next Sunday, uh, we need everybody here. We need for you to keep your phones on but put them on mute because they do affect the microphones, and we're going to adjust the microphones during the service through uh, a process so that we can get the right frequencies that also ties in with your phones and that there's no disturbance also with the uh, airport and with the uh, police radio bands and all of that. So it's a little complicated situation, not too complicated, but we're going to be working with that. Brother Arnold's going to come at times during the service and do various things so we can get those all straight. So next week, and we will be talking about it again next week, but uh, with your phones, uh, do have them on, but put them on mute, and uh, that way when the signals are all in the building, that we can set them properly. Amen? So, we appreciate your help on that. Where your faith grows, where your faith grows. I, I would hope that our faith has grown through the years as we um, live for God, our faith grows in a certain climate. Um, As I was thinking about that, a certain climate, I know there is a book that was written back, I believe, in 1961, and I think there was a movie that was 
produced by that. It was called Where the Red Fern Grows. And you probably uh, have read the book or seen the movie or whatever. But it was a, it was a interesting movie, but it was uh, in book and story, but yet it was also a sad story. But I got to thinking about the red fern. I've read different things about the red fern. Uh, some say that the red fern is a myth, although I have seen red ferns. I do believe that they grow green, but then they eventually turn red. But anytime I've ever seen ferns when I was growing up, I saw them in certain climates, certain areas, certain types of kind of moist areas. I've especially seen them around springs when I grew up in southern Missouri. Uh, there were a lot of springs coming up out of the ground on the property that my grandmother owned. It was, it was the Ozark Mountains, and we would go down into the woods, and there was a spring that they would get their water from. And around that water source was uh, watercress, and also ferns grew there in a certain type of climate. And as I got to thinking about that, uh, our faith grows in certain types of climate. Our, our faith grows, and as we walk with the Lord, our faith must continue to grow as we go through experiences. Your faith grows through stepping out in faith. Your faith grows in times when you step out when you don't know the next step. You step out in faith and trust God in certain situations that come your way that you can't take care of yourself you can't handle those things on your own but faith grows through the climate of stepping out in faith and also experiencing experiences of life life brings experiences and we learn through those experiences from one experience to the next experience of how to pray and how to believe and how our faith continues to grow. I will say, speaking for myself, that my faith when I first came to the Lord in 1977 to this day, 2021, getting ready to enter into 2022, that my faith has grown through the years. Because of a certain climate of stepping out in faith and experiencing experiences of life, I know that there's a lot that I have to learn still. I'm still walking and learning from God. But, but it takes a certain climate for our faith to grow. So we understand that in this story, uh, Jesus told them to go out into a boat. Very familiar story. Uh, and it's an amazing story of a, of a disciple that decided to step out in faith. He made the choice to step out in faith, and he went by the commandment of the Lord to do such as he did, stepped over the side, but yet of the boat and walked on the water. We know the story. It's an interesting story. It's always been interesting to me, this step of faith. But yet the Lord told him that you have little faith. You have little faith. There was so much more that the Lord wanted to add to his faith, and this whole experience was a part of the adding to his faith. You see, uh, it's been said that little faith will bring your soul to heaven. You can have faith and make it to heaven. And we all have a measure of faith. But it's said in the saying, little faith will bring your soul to heaven. But great faith will bring heaven to your soul. I'll tell you what we need in this hour we're living in right now. We don't need just little faith. We need great faith. We are living in an environment in our world today where the church needs to rise and be the church. The church needs to be uh, people of walking in not just faith but and saying we just simply believe God but walking in great faith that gets us to a point where we begin to grow in faith and learn in faith but I'm talking here today about where our faith grows. It grows in a certain climate. Faith is not fear. Faith is not fear. Faith overcomes fear. When you have faith, uh, fear can, 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 can stop you from, from 
doing the work that God wants you to do, when you walk in fear and you let fear control your every uh, emotions and every motive and control every action of your life, fear is not faith. It has no connection to faith. But faith overcomes fear. So when we look at this story, as Jesus told them, to go out into the boat. He went up into a mountain. He was praying. He seen them in that position of waves rocking the boat back and forth. And Jesus walked on the water to where they were at. And they were fearful. They were very fearful of what uh, was happening here. They thought some kind of a spirit or something unusual was happening here. It was very strange. It said here in Verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. That alone would make us very fearful. Verse 25, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. They cried out for fear. But then the Lord kind of, straightened everything out here. He knew that was going to happen. And he said, but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. He assured them that it was him that was walking on the water. It's not something to be afraid of. Sometimes people are afraid of miracles. Sometimes people are afraid of the supernatural. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's something that we need to be a part of. It's something we need to walk in. It's something we need to experience as a church body and as individuals. And as that happened, it calmed everything down, even though the waves were still rocking the boat, the wind was blowing, everything was, was still there. But the, just the hearing of the voice of the Lord, that it is I, be not afraid. There was a calming within the hearts of the disciples at that point. But yet Peter, when he saw this situation and heard the voice of the Lord, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water. And then Jesus said simply, come. He said, come. And Peter stepped over the side of the boat, walked out on the water. But he said, Lord, if it be thou bid me to come to you on the water. We have no idea what prompted Peter to do something like this. We don't know what it was that prompted him to want to, to uh, uh, be a part of such a miracle when nobody that we know of ever walked on water before. Jesus was God in flesh. Um, never seen that before either, but yet, Never seen a man, flesh and blood, a man walk on water. But Peter, probably more than anything else, he just simply was wanting to get close to Jesus. If Jesus was there, that's where I want to be. And he wanted to get to Jesus. I believe more than anything, that prompted him to want to do this. His faith was strong, but yet the Lord was saying that after it was all said and done, he had little faith. One of the reasons was because he was sinking. He was sinking in the water because he looked around and saw all of the things that was going on, the wind being uh, so um, boisterous. And his faith began to wane when he began to look around. But Jesus knew that this event for him to say, come to Peter when he said, if, it's, if it be thou, bid me to come. Sometimes we get to the point where we think, God, if, it's on, if it is you, I can do this. That's a good thing in faith. God, if this is you, I can do it. It doesn't matter what it is. With God, we can do all things as long as God is involved in it. Amen? We need to hear the voice of God. We need to, to know what the Bible says, what the Word of the Lord says, and what the Word says, this right here is the will of God. Amen? But Jesus knew it was an exercising and, and, and an experimenting with Peter for his faith to grow. The, everything was set.
It was a certain type of environment. It was an environment of wind. It was an environment of waves. It was an environment of fear. It was an environment of struggle. It was an environment of, of situation where they didn't know if they would make it on their own. It was an environment where everything was taken out of their hands to do anything about it and their faith had to be put in the Lord's hands. That's a perfect environment for your faith to grow. It's out of my hands, but God, it's in your hands. That is an environment for faith to grow. But Jesus knew that Peter saying this to walk on the water was a, an exercise in experimenting time for Peter's faith to grow. He knew what would happen. Jesus knows the future. He knew exactly what happened. So Jesus responded with an invitation. He just said, come. Come. Because this is a perfect environment for your faith to grow. Peter's statement of, in, in, in his making of conditions. I don't blame him for this. I don't want to do something if I know it's not God. But if it's you... A real condition. He set the statement of conditions. If it's you, I can do this. The request is very bold. But the disciples, of course, they had been trained by Jesus. They had been trained by Jesus in his teaching. And the request is very bold by Peter. But the disciples had been trained for some time and given power to do exactly the sort of miracles that Jesus was doing. That's what Jesus taught them. That's what Jesus spoke to them. And that's exactly what Jesus is trying to teach us here today. And that's what he's been teaching us ever since we came to the Lord. That's what he's been trying to show us through his word and through the preaching and through the teaching that greater things than these shall ye do. It even says in the book of Matthew chapter 10 verse 1, that the disciples were trained in this. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. You see, Jesus was training the disciples. It was a part of their thinking. It was a part of their their fabric of their lives it was ingrained into them by the words that Jesus spoke with the anointing of his spirit and power it was in, drilled into him and Peter in his in his uh, type of personality he was the one that was ready to step out and he was ready to do it we have been trained by our relationship by walking with God we have been trained by Jesus to walk toward him in faith. That is the thing about growing faith. It always leads you closer to Jesus. It always leads you to a place, even if you're walking on some kind of a situation that doesn't is not controllable by you, uh, but we're walking by faith on top of the water to get to Jesus. It always leads us to Jesus. What is more natural than a fisherman lived most of his life on the Sea of Galilee who knew, who knew and respected the dangers of the, of the Sea of Galilee to want to just simply walk across the waves of that Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, and get to Jesus? What more natural would that be than a fisherman that knew what it was like to be on the water when the, when the storms came? able to walk on top of the water. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. You know, this is a wonderful picture of walking in faith. It showed Peter. It showed that Peter was able to do the miraculous as long as he looked to Jesus. But when he saw the waves and got his eyes off of Jesus, we've heard this preached and taught before, but he was troubled by fear and began to sink. But the reason why Jesus said to him and gave him the invitation, come, 
is because Jesus knew that this is a time for Peter's faith to grow. This is a time for Peter's faith to go from a little faith to a great faith. It's time for him to grow to a point because there's greater things he's going he's to do. Greater things than these shall you do. So your faith has got to be stronger. You're going to face some trouble. You're going to face some struggle. You're going to face some victories. You're going to face some mountaintops. You're going to face some valleys. But in order to go through all of these things, you've got to be able to have a a growing experience. And this is where Jesus knew that this is a time for Peter. He's going to be the one, yes, he's going to fail. He's going to fail and deny me three times, but he's also going to be the one that stands up on the, on the, uh, the day of Pentecost and preaches the message of Acts 2.38, uh, repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He was going to have to stand up and preach that message. He was going to go through times that his life was going to seemingly be taken from him as he sat in a, in a prison cell and his, his comrade had been killed, but he was set to be killed the next day. But they were there in that prison cell in the very center with, with uh, guardians around him. He was chained up. And God brought him out. It was faith that brought him through the struggle of life. To be able to do, not just to survive life, but to be able to do the things that God wanted him to do. There was a lot of things in his life that he needed to learn. And this event was the perfect time as Jesus said, come. How many times did he say to us, come. Come. You, you, you got to go through this struggle. You got to go through this situation. But I'm telling you, Jesus is saying that once you go through it, you're going to have more faith because your faith is going to grow through experience and through stepping out by faith. The Bible says that he began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Even, of course, even when Peter failed, Jesus was there to save him. Even. When Peter failed, Jesus was there to take him by the hand and to lift him up. A lot of times people say, I'm not going to step out by faith and pray for that person that is sick because I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Jesus is there for you during times of failure. It doesn't matter what it is, he's there for you. He's there to take you by the hand and lead you through it. Stepping out by faith is taking your hands off of it and your control off of it and putting it into the hands of God. And let God perform a miracle. But when he began to sink and began to cry out, Jesus was there to help him and save him. Peter knew who to call out to at the moment of crisis. Jesus then brought Peter back to the boat. And what a sight that it was. As they're walking on the waves, as the wind was still blowing, and as the waves were still beating against the boat. And here was a sight. I love to have seen the picture of Peter and Jesus. And Jesus was holding to his hand, walking him on top of the waves back to the boat. And as they got into the boat, then the wind ceased. The wind ceased. You see, the Lord is with us during those times of growing faith. They walk back to the boat. What a sight that it was. And what a sight that it is when you and me, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death at times and the struggle and the hardships. But yet the picture that is painted here is that we have our hand in the hand of Jesus there is nothing to fear he knows where you're at he knows if you're in the middle of the sea of Galilee in a boat that's being rocked back and forth but he also will be there for you he will also be there for you but when he got back into the boat Jesus had some very straightforward things to say to him it was not a long, drawn-out paragraph. It was just simple. It was just very simple. O ye of little faith, 
Why'd you doubt? Why'd you doubt? There was something there in Peter's life that was of little faith, but the Lord knew that through this event, his faith would grow beyond little faith. It would grow into great faith. Once Jesus rescued Peter out of it and got him back into the boat, he didn't say anything to him while they were walking on the water. He waited until they got back in the boat and the wind ceased and the waves stopped. He said, oh, ye of little faith, why'd you doubt? You see, this little faith led to the doubt and distraction that made Peter sink under the wind and the waves. It was not the violence of the winds, although he did look at the wind. It was not the raging of the waves that endangered his life. What endangered his life was the littleness of his faith. Because if he didn't have that little faith and let fear creep in, and he had great faith, then the wind wouldn't have any bearing on him. The waves wouldn't have any bearing on him, any effect upon him because when you see someone walking in faith and believing in faith and has great faith, they don't let those things bother them. Yeah, there's times that, that there's little things creep in and say, hey, you need to start fearing but then you, as those of faith begin to speak against that doubt and unbelief and they begin to say, God, I stand upon your word. There is power in speaking the word of the Lord. We need to put this word in us to the point where when we get into battles and struggles and situations just speak the word out of your mouth it is a true word it is a faithful word but what brought the struggle to Peter was his little faith yeah you might make it to heaven with little faith but you're going to have a whole lot of struggle that's going to trip you up because you need to let your faith grow from little faith to great faith. And great faith doesn't grow not coming to the house of God. Great faith doesn't grow by not hearing the preaching of the word, hearing the teaching of the word. Your great faith does, your faith does not grow by not reading this word right here. Faith doesn't grow not praying and seeing God come through. Faith grows when you set the climate and the environment and let it grow within you because you're feeding things into your life from God and build your faith and your faith grows. You see, Jesus' willingness to say, come, was so Peter's faith would grow. Sometimes the Lord says to us, come. We don't understand why. Why? things come our way but the Lord knows that your faith is going to grow through this struggle you know the meaning of little faith in the Greek is very simple the meaning of little faith in the Greek is trusting too little trusting too little and it also has a connotation to putting too much faith in our own abilities. Little faith. Putting too much faith in our own abilities and not putting it all in God. George Mueller said, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends faith it, faith uh, begins where man's power ends where we are limited where it's taken out of our hands we can't do anything about it but it's in those times that we're walking on water and we're walking on our waves that we begin to realize that God has this he's right there with us I'm going to step out by faith I'm going to speak faith I'm not going to let doubt come into my heart into my mind doubt is a dividing it's a dividing when our faith grows into great faith, it becomes total trust in God. Total trust in God. Some of the examples of great faith in the Bible, Matthew 8, 5 through 10, when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, 
Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them, that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. That he could simply believe that he doesn't even, that I don't even have to come and touch him, and I just speak the word, it's going to happen. What great faith. Great faith goes beyond little faith. Great faith goes on to where we trust the Lord. Great faith goes on to that place where we trust the Lord beyond our own abilities. Because many times in life, we know it to be true. We've experienced it through life that sometimes things are taken out of our hands. We can't do anything about it. We're the type of people that we like to fix things. I know I am. I like to fix things. I like to put my hands on it and get my hands dirty and and fix it and figure it out. But there's sometimes things are taken out of my hands. And I've got to put my full trust in the Lord. And those are the greatest environments for us to just simply grow in faith. And we see God come through. And in the book of Matthew chapter 8, the same story, verse 13. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Jesus didn't even go to the house. But this centurion had enough faith to believe that the Lord could heal him right where he was at. Another example of great faith, Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 through 28. Then Jesus went thence and departed unto the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. You see, Great faith goes beyond little faith even when you pray and Jesus doesn't answer with a word. Those that have great faith go beyond that because they trust God. It's not trust in our own abilities. It's trust in the powerful work of God that when He he is still working, when you don't see He's working, He's still working. When you don't hear that He's working, He's still working. But it's a great environment for faith to grow. She said, my daughter's grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and beside him saying, send her away. For she crieth after us. And he answered and said, I am not sent. But unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. Because, but he answered and said, it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Another example of great faith. It's going beyond the persistence, or going beyond the resistance, I should say. It's going beyond the obstacles. It's going beyond, it's going on the, beyond the, the struggle. When all we can see is struggle, it's going on. Little faith stops at the resistance. Little faith stops at the struggle and lets all of these fears come in and affect the things that they're doing in life. But when you have great faith, it goes beyond the resistance. It goes beyond the struggle. It goes beyond the obstacles. It goes into a place where I'm trusting in the Lord because I know He's working when I don't even see Him working. He's working when I don't even know that He's working. He's working right now, church. Right now, he's working. I thought my schedule was full. Jesus has got a tremendous schedule. When he gets, I don't know if he ever gets off work. I don't know if he ever sits down in a recliner and takes it easy. 
He's got something going on all the time. He's got every one of us. He's got prayers that we have prayed that he's working on right now. Not that he has to take a lot of time to do it, but he's got a time frame. And if we trust the Lord, he's going to do it in his time frame, and we're going to trust that that time frame is right. (laughs) It's right. His timing is always right. It's never off. Pressing past the resistance, even from the Lord. Pressing past the resistance. In this story, Peter here shows us the weakness of little faith. You see, little faith is often in places where we might expect great faith. Little faith is far too eager for signs. Little faith is apt to have too high an opinion of our own power. Little faith is too much affected by its surroundings. But Jesus knew that Peter needed to get his focus off of himself and his abilities. And his, he's, he's a man, I'm sure, that put his hands in things and got it done on his own. He was a fisherman. He was, he was one that worked it out on his own. But now was a time for his faith to grow beyond that. And if our faith is going to grow, it's got to grow to a point where we forget about our abilities and our limitations. And we think about the, the, the vast... Uh, great power of God that he can take care of any sickness he can heal of cancer he can deliver from COVID he can set people free from the bondages of sin he can take care of the financial situations when there is no more uh, nothing else that I can do God can take care of it Amen it's those times that our faith grows when we step out by faith Yet Peter also shows us some strengths of little faith. That little faith will obey the word of Jesus. That little faith will accomplish great things for a time until we step into that area of greater faith. That little faith will pray when it is in trouble. That little faith is safe because Jesus is near in those times of little faith. But when we go through that battlefield and that struggle of little faith and our faith begins to grow then we begin to 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 listen more to the word of God we begin to understand it's not about what I can do but it's what God can do it's what God can do in my life and you see when we step into that area of growth in faith everything changes everything changes for us individually for our families for our church Why did you doubt? Jesus only asked the question, why'd you doubt? Why'd you doubt? You see, doubt is literally, the meaning of it, of doubt, means be divided in two. When you're you're doubting, you're trying to believe in the Lord, but you're also believing in your surroundings. When you have doubt, you're divided in two. True faith is single-mindedly focused on Jesus. True faith. Not on us. But focused on Jesus. He could do all things. He is God in flesh. He is the creator of the world. He is our Heavenly Father. Scripture says it. You could see all the Scriptures in the Old Testament and the New Testament, how they tie Jesus in with every description of the Creator. He is the Creator. He is the Father. He is our everlasting Father. His government shall never end. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on of the comparison because He is God in flesh. We could trust in Him. and We could say that in theory, in theory, there might be reasons for doubting Jesus and His promises. In theory, we possibly could doubt Jesus and his promises. And let me give you a list here and see if these work. In theory, we possibly could have reasons to doubt. If on former occasions you have found God unfaithful to his promise, you might be able to doubt him. If someone 
some faithful elder saint that you put trust in has solemnly told you that God cannot be trusted, you might be able to doubt the Lord and his promises, in theory. If your problem is a new one and so extremely difficult that it is certain that God cannot help you, you might be able to doubt him. If God has abolished his promises and made them no longer valid, you could doubt Jesus and his promises. And if God has changed, you might be able to doubt him. But all I could say is, None of these things exist. <laughs> if, if an elder saint in the church has walked in faith and seen God come through, they're not going to say that God can't do this. If you ever get to a point where occasions around you uh, and, and the Lord has been unfaithful and hasn't come through, you might be able to doubt, but that's not happened. God is still working on those things. You might have prayed a prayer months ago or a year ago or five years ago. That doesn't mean He's not going to take care of it. You just got to keep trusting in Him. If God has changed, which is not the case, the Bible says He is the same yesterday and today and forever. He is the Alpha and the Omega at the beginning and the end. He is almighty. He has not changed. He has not abolished His promises. He has not made His promises no longer valid. They are still in existence today. He has not changed. He is a God of faithfulness. He is a God of truth. He is a God that doesn't lie. And when we stand upon these things, we understand that He will come through. And I have no reason to doubt Him today. Amen. And those in the boat which were so moved, <laughs> when they got back into the boat, the Bible says they came and worshipped him. So they went from fear to worshiping him. I would say that they moved quickly from fearing the storm to worshiping Jesus. Of course, this was a logical reaction. They thought their life was going to be taken and the boat was going to capsize and they were going to drown there in the middle of the, of the Sea of Galilee. A logical reaction, considering the power that Jesus showed in just simply walking on the water. It should be a logical reaction for us <laughs> as we have seen more miracles than what a lot of people have seen. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the prophets would love to see some of the things that we see and we experience. I'm talking about the prophets. They would love to see and experience some of the things that we've experienced. They would have loved to have had the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues in their life. They had the Spirit of God ministering to them, but they desired the things that we experience today. We've seen enough miracles to believe God and never doubt Him. We've experienced enough miracles here in the house of God and in our lives that we should never ever doubt Him and divide between if God's going to do it, if God's not going to do it. But put total focus not on myself or what my abilities are, but to put it on Jesus and what He can do. He is faithful. But Peter's faith in God grew. There's no doubt that it grew. During this one event, more than any other time in his life. And it prepared him for greater things. Greater faith. Greater things than these shall ye do. As we look at this today and where we're at. God is wanting you to grow in faith. He is wanting you to grow in faith. He's wanting you to step out in faith. And as Peter stepped out of the boat onto the water, on the waves that were bringing fear to them, he began to look at the wind. He began to sink, but Jesus was there. And the Lord never is it ever all lost. Put your faith in Him. Put your trust in Him. 
Let your faith grow in God through experiences in him on this journey of life. There are experiences after experiences after experience. we got testimonies here in this building today. We could stay here all day long talking about what God has done for us. Uh, not, not just 25, 30 years ago, but what God's done for us this past week when we prayed and cried out to God and he was there. Amen. It's those times of stepping out in faith, out of the boat, out of the ordinary, out of the, uh, you know, in the boat, we could at least feel a little bit more comfortable. We're going to survive the wind and the waves if we stay in the boat. But that's, that's looking at faith in us and what we can do. But stepping out in faith and walking toward Jesus, walking toward Jesus is a place that we step out into a faith that is beyond our control. It's those times, and I have testimonies, and there are testimonies in this building today. There are times that people did not have the money to pay their bills and keep the lights on in their house and keep the water on. But there are testimonies in this building where people stepped out of the boat and put a seed offering in, in the offering plate and trusted God. It was money that they needed to at least help pay some of the expenses uh, that they didn't have money to. And when God came through, they had a testimony because they were walking toward Jesus and Jesus took care of it. Amen. This building here today, I remember, and I was talking about it here recently, that we were trying to save some money to, to be able to buy another building because we had that old building over uh, on the other side of town. And uh, um, we, we, were, we were looking to possibly buy a building or build a building or buy a piece of property. But when we started running the numbers, I remember coming to this church and, and I heard they were wanting to sell it. So I talked, sat down with a pastor and I said, uh, we're interested in how much you want for it. But when he said it's, a, it's appraised at a million one, that was about, what, 12 years ago? 14 years ago. I know he didn't actually see it, but my teeth fell out of my mouth and flew to the floor. As I, I said, well, it's beyond our abilities. But we kept speaking faith. Kept speaking faith. And we gave, we had some money saved up to buy a building my piece of property, whatever it was. And we, I just told, I remember the prayers t- telling the Lord, there's no way we can raise enough money in the time frame to be able to purchase what we need to purchase. So we need, God, your help here. So we were at General Conference, I believe it was in Nashville, Tennessee, and they had a home mission service, a building home missions churches. And I felt like the Lord was leading me to give sacrificially $10,000 to help build churches when we needed to have a church in Bethalto. We gave that we gave that money to help start churches. Stepped out by faith. We stepped out of the boat because we were sitting in our boat of own, our own abilities and it was not matching up. And I remember Brother Terry Knoll, a good friend of mine, he's passed on. He, he uh, came to me after church and he said, someone's going to give you $10,000. Sure enough, it was about a month later or less, someone anonymously gave $10,000 to the church, gave us back that money. And their life was blessed. They were trying to sell a piece of property and they were able to sell it for far more than what they thought they could sell it for. They stepped out of the boat of their own abilities. And I remember when we stepped into this building, when the storm took our old building into this million one praised building, which I'm sure it's a whole lot more than that now. We stepped into this building and we stepped out by faith and ended up purchasing this building with all of the funds that came through what we had saved and what the insurance paid for and what others had given anonymously to the cause, we stepped out of the boat of our own abilities and talents. 
and put it in the hands of God and he took care of it. Our faith grew. Through sickness, as we stand here today, through sickness, stepping out and believing that God is going to bring healing, we believe and we trust in God. Through no hope, But Jesus, we step out of the boat of our own abilities and we give it to God. When our back is against the wall and we don't know how to fix this and we put it in the hands of God and He takes care of it. Our faith grows. It's a climate where our faith grows. Jesus will be there for you to hold your hand, to lift you up. You don't have anything to fear. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God over your sickness. Trust God over your financial strain. Trust God over the struggle on the job. Trust God during the times when it's all taken out of your hands and your back's against the wall. You just got to trust in the Lord. It's a breeding ground for greater faith. A breeding ground for greater faith. Today I'm going to open this altar up for us to come. We might already come with greater faith. God wants to grow it even more. But you might come with little faith. You got something pressing on your life that you just need to get victory over. But you know it's beyond your control. I want you to come to this altar and lift it up before the Lord here today. Give it to God. Step out of the boat. Step out of the boat. You might be walking on some unsure, unstable ground. It's not ground, it's waves. And the wind might be blowing still, but yet you're stepping out of the boat in faith. God, I need you to work a miracle. I've got a miracle that needs to be taken care of today. It's a breeding ground for greater faith. Maybe a loved one is not living for the Lord and you don't see any hope that they'll make a step to the Lord. The Lord, when you turn it over to Him, step out of the boat, give it to God. He is going to work a miracle in His due time today. Let's lift it up before the Lord right now in the name of Jesus.